Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Today's episode is going to be a story through my journey of tracking macros and my food intake over the last 10 years and why I've gotten to a point today where 80 to 90% of the time, I no longer track my food intake at all. And that might sound ironic, right? Because full transparency, all clients that come into Lost and Lifting that we work with on their nutrition, one of the main things that we do with them is we start out by learning how to track your caloric intake, learning how to track your protein intake. And then some of those people who are even more advanced, who are comfortable with tracking already and trying to create more advanced results, will actually track macros with those people. But at the end of the day, the goal isn't to make people rely on tracking your food intake for the rest of your life. And that is what's most important. I feel like people think that tracking your food intake is something that imprisons you, that you have to do forever to sustain the result that you want. And that is simply not the case. You are going to have to do it for a good amount of time to learn the proper skills needed to be able to not track in the long run. But that should be the end goal. The end goal shouldn't be to rely on tracking forever. And that's what we try to do with clients. I truly know I've been able to be successful with a nutrition client when I can bring them in and I can teach them how to track properly. I can teach them how to get consistent with it. I can teach them how to do it in the most simple way possible. That's going to take them literally less than five minutes per day to track their food intake. But to be able to take them through the four phases of learning how to track at a maintenance level, of going through a deficit, of learning how to reverse diet, of getting back to a maintenance level. And then from there, being able to get to a point to where you can start to rely on the habits that you've been able to build through tracking to be able to hold on to that result that you've created in the long run. And we're going to talk about that a little bit and how you can get to that point to where you can start eating in more of an intuitive manner in the long run. And I think there's so much confusion around these two subjects. You either track your food intake or you either eat intuitively. But at the end of the day, to be able to eat intuitively successfully, I strongly believe that you have to spend a good amount of time invested into actually tracking your food intake to understand how to eat intuitively with success and still be able to create or maintain the result that you want. And so first and foremost, obviously what I'm going to get into is the importance of tracking. At the end of the day, what our body responds to when it comes to dropping body fat, building muscle, maintaining our weight, whatever it may be, it all comes down to the game of calories in versus calories out. And I know that sounds very simple, but it is the 100% truth and has been proven time and time again through study after study. I referenced in a post recently, a study by Mark Hobb, who is a professor. He literally ate nothing but Twinkies and Little Debbie's, um, like the cupcakes and whatnot for an entire, I believe it was like a 12 to 20 weeks, somewhere in that time frame. He was eating just 
basically sugary foods, Twinkies. He, they basically called it the gas station diet. So he was eating anything that you could buy out of a gas station um, that was basically a chuck full of sugar. And he was able to drop 27 pounds of body weight eating nothing basically but sugar. Why was he able to do that? Because he was in a calorie deficit the entire time. He was able to lose weight because he was in a calorie deficit. Now, does that mean that you should eat nothing but sugar and drop weight? I would highly not suggest that whatsoever. It's probably not the best idea in the world. But again, it does prove that calories in versus calories out is the sole factor when it comes to weight gain or weight loss. Now, there are definitely things that you should be doing, like making sure that you're trying to get in a good amount of protein each day, making sure that you're having a good um, variety of micronutrients so that you're keeping your hormones in a strong position, which brings up another point in terms of people will tell you, oh, it has nothing to do with your calorie intake when it comes to weight gain or weight loss, it all comes down to your hormones and how your hormones are reacting. And at the end of the day, your hormones just dictate how many calories you're going to need to drop weight. Your hormones can downregulate your metabolism or suppress your metabolism so that you are required to eat less calories to maintain your weight. So to be able to lose weight, you have to be on really, really low calories, but it doesn't come down to your hormones if you lose weight or not. It comes down to your caloric intake. Your hormones can decide where your metabolic rate is going to be, which will dictate where your calories are going to have to be to be able to drop weight. But your hormones directly aren't going to force you to gain weight or lose weight. They can just suppress your metabolism. But again, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to calories in versus calories out. The hormones just depend on where those calories in versus calorie out numbers are going to ultimately end up. So when people tell you, no, it's just all about your hormones, Make sure that you understand that very key principle. They both are very important. Hormones just dictate where your caloric expenditure is going to be. But at the end of the day, fat loss is still going to come down to you creating a deficit from wherever your caloric expenditure is at. So that's a very important note to take when it comes to that. When people try to use that excuse, make sure that you understand that very important piece to it. But anyway, that's getting me off track just a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about how I first got introduced to tracking my food intake and where I was at in my life, where I was at in my fitness journey when all of this happened and how it really started. And I know I've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes. So if this is a repeated story for some of you, I apologize, but I think it's an important piece to everything that we're going to talk about here. And I was the one back when I was around 18, 19 years old, which was a long time ago at this point. I was, that's, this is when I was very first getting intrigued with nutrition, intrigued with training, intrigued with changing my body composition. I had just finished high school. I was really big into sports. I tried to play college basketball. That didn't work out for me. And I knew I was going to have to do something to keep the competitive edge going inside of my brain that I've always had to keep me satisfied in that realm. And that's where I got introduced to fitness and training in the gym and getting stronger over time and competing with myself instead of competing with others. But it still was that one thing that satisfied that competitive edge for me. It gave me structure in my life, which is something that I heavily rely on. And I was trying every diet under the sun. I tried to go keto. I tried carb cycling. I tried to go paleo. Um, I tried to just simply eat healthy. I tried so many different diets. And at the end of the day, some of them would help. Some of them would help me create a result, but it would restrict my life in so many different aspects that it was something that I could never sustain long term. And it was frustrating. I got to the point where like, man, like 
I don't know if I can continue to do this because nothing feels sustainable. This is such a big stress on my life that if I want to follow a keto diet, if I want to follow a paleo diet, if I want a carb cycle, that has to be my main priority over my social life, over hanging out with my friends, my family, going out to eat, whatever it may be. I was always so worried about the nutrition aspect of whatever event or whatever I was doing for that day that I would just have this anxiety over the day that would leave me not being able to be present and being thinking that I was always going to lose my progress because I was always going to get off my diet. And then when I would get off my diet, I would end up binging over and over again because I was suppressing these fruit foods from my life. And once I would taste them, I just couldn't control myself basically. And at one point I, I got to the point at the end of all of this, when I was trying to do some carb cycling and I actually talked about this story just a couple episodes back where um, I was trying to carb cycle and it just wasn't working for me and I got super frustrated and I ended up binging and thinking that I'm sick of this. Like I'm done with all of this. I'm just going to go back to eating like a regular person. Right. And what ended up happening like a week later from that episode that I had was I came across across somebody named Mike Samuels, who is actually from the UK, I believe. And he had some articles talking about tracking your food intake and macros and calories in versus calories out and how at the end of the day, the underlying principle to fat gain, fat loss, muscle gain was controlling your caloric intake um, compared to your caloric expenditure, creating calorie deficit for fat loss, um, going into a calorie surplus to bulk, to build muscle, et cetera, et cetera. And he was talking about how it didn't necessarily come down to the exact foods that you were eating to create the result that you wanted. It come, came down to the energy balance inside of those foods compared to the energy balance inside of your body. And when he talked about this like a light just clicked in my head. Like this actually made sense. It wasn't about restricting carbs. It wasn't about um, cycling my carbs. It wasn't about only eating healthy foods. It came down to just a simple science of a math equation basically. If you expend more calories than you consume through food, your body is going to be forced to drop weight over time and use your body weight as fuel. It makes perfectly good sense, but if you haven't actually heard it be explained, you have no idea that it can actually be that simple at the end of the day, right? And so this is when I got, I, I deep dove. I started learning and learning and learning and diving into the science of it all. And I started to track my food intake. And I started to create really, really good results. I got leaner than I had ever been in my entire life just from simply tracking my calories, tracking my protein intake, I was tracking my carbs, I was tracking my fats, and I was religious about it. And I literally got to probably seven or eight percent body fat and was very, very happy, thought, man, this is this is easy. I can still eat all of the foods that I want to. I was still including a little bit of cereal every now and again. I was including desserts after dinner and I was still able to create really good results because I was tracking and controlling calories in versus calories out. Now, this all sounds great, right? But then I got to a point to where I had been tracking for such a long period of time and I had kept myself on such low calories for a long period of time that I didn't do my due diligence to understand how to come out of a calorie deficit to sustain that result on higher calories. I thought that I just had to continue tracking and continue eating the same amount of food that I ate to lose the weight to be able to sustain the weight. And what I didn't learn was that the longer you stay in a calorie deficit, the more your metabolism downregulates, the more your hormonal profile will downregulate, the hungrier that you will become, the less energy that you will have, the more irritable that you will become, 
These are all normal parts of a deficit. And this is why it's so important to make sure that you have a plan to come out of the deficit and reverse back up to a maintenance level. But I didn't understand any of this because I only did my due diligence to the point to where I learned how to create weight loss, fat loss, but I didn't take the time to learn how to healthily sustain that weight loss or fat loss. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. And a lot of people are at this situation when they come in and start working with us so that we can help teach them the four phases of fat loss to sustain sustain it in the long run. And I was one of those people for a long time. I kept myself in a deficit. Man, it was probably for at least a couple years. And I, I would have times where I would overeat whatnot and come out of it, right? But I was consistently trying to keep myself in a deficit for a two-year period. And now with clients, we try to keep them only in a deficit for a 12 to 24-week period to where before we'll bring them back up and have a diet break at maintenance for a little bit of time before going back into a deficit if they have more fat to lose. But what ended up happening to me is as my hunger got worse and worse and worse, I ended up having binge episodes and my relationship with food started to get worse. I got very scarce with my relationship with food. I would end up in the cycle of overeating on the weekends when I was out on like social occasions or with my girlfriend, who's my wife now, or my friends, or we'd go out drinking, whatever it would be. I would go all out on the weekend, which would then end up to me trying to restrict to make up the calories. I overate on the weekend during the week, which would lead to me overeating again on the weekend. And it just turned in this perpetuous cycle because I was always trying to keep my calories so low that would eventually lead to me eating more and more and more on the weekends because I'd always tell myself, well, I'll just eat less and less and less during the week and end up in this yo-yo effect to where my relationship with food was bad. I was always overeating on the weekends. I was bloated through the week trying to make up the progress that I lost um, from the weekend. And it was just a very bad situation. I couldn't get a grasp and just create consistency like I wanted to. And it ultimately ended up making me feel like I was almost failing on what I was doing. And I was back in the same situation felt the exact same way that I did when I was trying to eat keto, when I was trying to carb cycle, when I was trying to eat paleo. Even though I was still able to eat whatever I wanted as long as it fit my caloric intake, I still couldn't create a grasp and felt overly restricted because I always had my caloric intake so low and didn't understand the repercussions that that was having on my hormones and on my metabolism and on my mood and all of these things that I didn't dive deep enough into. So I got to a point where I was fed up with all of this once again. And I was thinking, man, like what is going on here? So I started doing a lot more research. And this is the point where I came across the guy named Lane Norton, who is basically the guy who deemed reverse dieting what reverse dieting is today. And it's essentially the idea of going from a calorie deficit back up to a maintenance level of calories. And this can sound really scary. If you've never created a result for yourself before and you've struggled through all of these different types of diets and then you finally get an understanding of tracking, you start tracking your food intake and you get to the level of leanness that you wanted to get to, you almost start to think of eating more food as bad. And that's just really not the case. I understand why that happens. We let our emotions get the best of us and it feels like it's something new. And so we're thinking, oh man, I created this result by eating this amount of calories. I feel like I need to continue eating this amount of calories forever to sustain this result. But like I said, that's simply not the case. And that's not how the metabolism works. If you continue to keep yourself in a deficit, you're going to start to get some of that negative feedback from the deficit in terms of hunger levels, energy levels, poor sleep, um, 
your hormones are going to downregulate, your metabolism is going to downregulate, and it's going to end up having you hit a brick wall at the end of the day, which is probably going to lead to either an unhealthy relationship with food like it did for me or a severe yo-yo effect where you say, screw this all together and you go back to eating the way that you were before because staying in a calorie deficit forever isn't sustainable, right? And so as I started to learn more about this and my relationship with food was in a bad situation, Lane started talking about the idea of reverse dieting. And it's essentially to where you start to increase calories slowly on the way up after the deficit is over to create the same metabolic adaptations on the way up that you created on the way down, right? Because as you eat less calories, the metabolism starts to slow. Like I was saying, your hormones start to slow as I was saying. So reverse dieting is essentially the idea of slowly increasing calories back up on a week to week or biweekly or even a monthly basis to create those adaptations on the way up so that you can get to a point to where you're eating more food, you've pushed your maintenance up to a higher level so that you can sustain the result that you created from the deficit, but by eating at a higher level of calories overall. And this is where your body is able to fully recover from that deficit. So you'll get to a point to where once you go through this reverse phase, you're eating more, your energy starts to come back, your hor- your hunger hormones will upregulate so you'll get to a better place there, your energy will come back, you'll be able to sleep better, basically putting you back at homeostasis, right, to where your body can thrive and just maintain where it's currently at. I've done episodes in the past on reverse dieting and how you should go about a proper reverse diet and how we do it with clients. I'll actually link that episode down below so that for anybody that's in this situation, if you've been in a deficit, if you've gone through the same scenario that I'm talking to you about that I went through, go down below and click on that episode and you can learn exactly how to do a reverse diet in your situation and go about it to get you to a maintenance level of calories without losing any of the progress that you've been able to create from the deficit that you've been in. But anyway, as I was able to go through this reverse and get myself back to eating more food, it started to heal my relationship with food, right? Because I wasn't any longer as hungry as I was when I was on those lower calories, I had less restriction. I was able to add more variety. My energy came back. My sleep was getting better. Uh, My hunger levels weren't nearly as bad. My training was getting a lot better. I was getting better pumps in the gym. I was able to get stronger over time. And I got to just to a much better place mentally with nutrition. I wasn't in such a scarce mindset thinking that I had to stay in a calorie deficit to create that result that I wanted, right? But at this point, I was still tracking my food intake. I was still very diligent with it. I was making sure that I was right on point with my macros, tracking everything that I was eating, which honestly is very important. I never recommend to somebody as you go through a deficit and then you reverse and get back to maintenance, it doesn't mean you just stop tracking right when you get back to maintenance because you don't heal your metabolism and your hormones from the reverse diet. You heal those hormones by spending an efficient amount of time at maintenance. So if you just reverse diet and get back to maintenance and you say, oh, I'm done tracking, well, your hunger hormones haven't gotten a whole lot better yet. Um, your energy levels haven't gotten a whole lot better yet. You need to essentially spend time at maintenance to recover, to allow all of that to come back to a better place. And the length that this is going to take is going to be different for everybody. It's going to depend on how long you're in that deficit, how low of body fat levels that you got to, um, where your, all your biofeedback, where it was coming back at the end of that deficit is going to depend on how long you're going to need to spend at maintenance, continuing to track to recover those hormones to where you get to a point to where you can start to rely on your actual hunger cues and the skills that you've built to be able to sustain that result, eating at a maintenance level at, in a more of an intuitive manner. And so I'm not going to give you an exact timeline for me. I remember I continued to track at maintenance 
for roughly a good seven to eight months probably, which is a, de- a pretty long time. With clients, I can generally get them away with tracking at a maintenance level for anywhere from maybe like two to three months roughly before going into more of an intuitive manner. But for me, I, I've always done things kind of more on the extremes and been very conservative in my approach to make sure that I can sustain the result that I created, right? So I continued to track in maintenance for a very, very long time. But I got to a point, and this is where most people get to where, okay, at this point I've been tracking for essentially three, close to four years. Started when I was around 18, 19. At this point I'm 22, 23 years old. I have diligently learned to be able to eyeball foods and see basically how much those foods weigh, what the macros are to those foods, what the caloric intake is to those foods. And I've gotten a really good understanding of how many calories I need to be able to sustain my weight over the long run. Basically meaning I've set myself up to be a really, really good intuitive eater because I've spent so much time weighing out my food portions, tracking everything in my fitness pal making sure that my metabolism was in a strong place and my hormones were in a strong place to where I could rely on my hunger levels because I've spent so much time at maintenance after the deficit to be able to sustain where I'm at. And this is where I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't necessarily need to continue tracking. What if I went at more of an intuitive manner and stopped tracking altogether and just started to rely on my intuition and rely on these skills that I've built and be able to get rid of tracking essentially? And so that's what I did. I started eating in an intuitive manner. And this is the part where you would hope that I could just say I lived happily ever after, never had to track my food intake again, and was able to sustain my body weight. But again, that's simply not the case. I felt like I was doing a really good job with it, and I had a lot more freedom. I was able to enjoy myself a whole lot more, and I didn't have to worry about tracking, right? I had way more freedom and flexibility and able to to go out and not be trapped by tracking on my phone, which was amazing. But at the same time, I believe that when you get away from tracking, you're always going to be a little bit more flexible. And research even shows this. When you're not actually tracking your food intake, you're essentially eating anywhere from 20 to 80% more calories than you intuitively think that you are. And I 100% agree with this because I see it in myself. I see it in clients all of the time. But again, I don't think that this is a reason to not intuitively eat. I think that this is a very important part to to the whole piece of the puzzle. Because again, if you try to just continue to track for your entire life, I think that you're going to get extremely burnt out. I think there's going to be times in your life where tracking should be a priority And I think there's times in your life where tracking should not be a priority. But to make it not a priority, you have to go through making it a priority for a long enough period of time to be able to semi-manage not tracking and eating intuitively without going off of the rails or not being able to sustain what you created, if that makes sense. And so what ended up happening is I went for about six to eight months without tracking my food intake. And I put on probably an additional roughly six, seven, eight pounds compared to where I was at when I was actually tracking my food intake. And through this process is where I started to learn the process and the different phases to fat gain and fat loss. I think if you have the expectation that you are going to be able to create a result and sustain that same body weight for the rest of your life, 
without tracking your food intake to sustain it, I think you're setting yourself up for the wrong expectation. I think you're setting yourself up for the expectation of fitness to be a lot easier than what it actually is. I'm thinking there's a true destination that you can just get to and you're going to hold on to for the rest of your life. And this is where you've got to learn the different phases and be okay with fitness for what it is. And for me and what I've learned for the majority of people out there is that you go through deficit phases. You go through reverse diets. You come back to a maintenance level of calories to where you're sustaining that result that you created from that deficit. And then as you get to more of an intuitive manner inside of your eating and you enjoy yourself, that allows you to rebuild your motivation. That allows you some time away. You probably are a little bit more flexible with your life. You're not so focused on your nutrition, but you're still able to enjoy that result that you've created, but you're probably going to let that result slip just a little bit over time. And honestly, I would say that that is completely okay. I don't think that there is anything wrong with that at all because if that result does slip a little bit and maybe you gain an additional three to five, maybe up to even 10 pounds of body weight over the course of a year of not tracking um, so diligently and eating in more of an intuitive manner, well then at this point, you've simply already learned how to go through a deficit, how to go through a reverse diet, how to go through a maintenance and be able to throw tracking back in when you need to, to be able to dial things back in. But the point here is to not let yourself get too out of control and to stay diligent, to continue weighing yourself over the long run, to see those trends so that if you see yourself heading in that wrong direction, you get to a point like, man, maybe I've gained a little bit because I've just been eating intuitively and I haven't been tracking my intake. Well, now I can get a grasp on it a whole lot quicker. I can go back to tracking. I can put myself into a deficit for a little bit of time, go through that reverse, go through that maintenance to always keep myself in check. Because you've built the skills to be able to do that. Now, does that mean that you want to start eating intuitively and allow yourself to gain 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds? Absolutely not. You have to stay diligent. I would say when you're not tracking your food intake, this is the point where it's still very important to continue weighing yourself on a daily basis. Because if you're at least still weighing yourself to be able to get those trends over the long term, you still have a gauge on what's happening. It's like those people who with their bank accounts and their budgets. I know people, I was one of these people for a long time. I would never want to look at my bank account because I wouldn't want to know where those numbers were because it would give me anxiety. But by not looking, I had more anxiety because I'd go to swipe my credit card or my debit card, whatever it was, and just hope that it would pass, hope that it would be accepted, right? And this is what people do with their weigh-ins as well. They stop weighing themselves just hoping that it stays on on track. They don't want to face the reality of their situation or hold themselves accountable to understand their trends and understand their actions to be able to make adjustments when adjustments are needed to be made. And so the point of this episode isn't to tell you that you can get to a point after you track your intake in a deficit, you go through a reverse diet, you get back to a maintenance, you get to eating intuitively, and you're just going to be able to live happily ever after eating intuitively with never having to lose any of the progress that you made. Chances are, you're going to lose some of that progress as you get to eating more intuitively. But you've built up the skill from tracking for such a long period of time that you're much more likely to be able to sustain that result for a longer period of time eating in an intuitive manner. But again, you're potentially, you're most likely going to gain a little bit of weight when you go back to an intuitive manner of eating because you're going to give yourself a little bit more leniency. You're not going to be held accountable to actually tracking your food intake. But again, I think that's okay. I think we need those times. We have to fill up our cup and get away from tracking 
to be able to come back and continue tracking if we ever need to use it again. If you just track for the rest of your life, it's going to lead to burnout. You're going to become a prisoner to that phone, which is not realistic in the long run. We use tracking to create the result, but then to try to sustain it or maintain it over the long run, we want to get to a point where we can rely on the skills that we built from tracking, but still having a realistic, realistic expectation that life's going to happen. You may gain a few pounds when you get away from tracking and you're eating in more of an intuitive manner. But knowing that you've built up the skill set to be able to go back to tracking to recreate that result or make up a little bit of that progress that you could have lost in terms of your, your body composition or body fat levels when you do get away from tracking puts you in a position to be able to maintain or at least keep yourself within that 5 to 10 pound range of what you created through tracking over the long run. And this is where I've been for the last six years or so. I'll go through phases to where I'll track diligently in a deficit for anywhere from a two to three month period. Then I'll go through a proper reverse diet. Then I'll go to a maintenance level of calories. I'll track there for a bit of time. And then I'll allow myself to get into more of an intuitive manner. And this is what I call my bulk phases is to where I'm just eating more intuitively. I'm roughly around a maintenance, maybe a slight surplus some of the time. I may gain an additional roughly five to 10 pounds through the course of roughly a nine month period. And as I'm doing that, I'm still strength training. I'm still focused on eating a good amount of protein in each of my meals. I'm still tracking my weight. So I'm seeing that trend slightly go up over time. But then each year as roughly around April or May comes, this is when I'll go through another period of time to where I get back to tracking and I'm back in a deficit of calories for roughly that two to three month period. Then I'll go through that reverse. Then I'll go back to a maintenance and then I'll repeat that process over time. So I'm essentially tracking my caloric intake for roughly three to four months out of the entire year for the most part. The months of the year where I'm not necessarily tracking, I deem myself around maybe a maintenance level of calories, maybe a slight surplus. And this is where, again, I'm focused on getting stronger. I'm focused on building muscle. I'm focused on other areas of life. And then I bring tracking back in to ground me to maybe lose any of that body fat that I might have accumulated. But again, my body is progressing over time. I'm building muscle during those surplus phases and I'm dropping any maybe of that little bit of body fat that I accumulated during that surplus phase during the deficit phase. And so I'm just continuously rotating through nutritional periodization, right? Um, in a deficit, then I'm in a reverse, then I'm at maintenance, then I spend a bit of time in a surplus, then I come back into a deficit, then I go through the reverse, back to maintenance, then spend a little bit of time in that surplus. But my surplus phases are not where I'm diligently tracking. Those are the times where I'm focused on other areas of life and not remained as accountable to my phone. And that's what allows me to be able to maintain over the long run. But again, that starts with tracking for a good amount of time to get to the point to where you can do this in the long run. So I hope this makes sense for you and gives you a little bit more of a realistic expectation of what it's going to look like over the long run in your situation. If you think you're just going to be able to go through a deficit, you're going to be able to go through a reverse, you're going to be able to get back to maintenance, then you're going to be able to eat intuitively and keep your body composition exactly where it's at forever. I think you're setting yourself up with the wrong expectation. That's where I'm at. But I know that when I get into more of that intuitive manner of eating to where I'm not tracking my intake as consistently, I accept that I may gain a little bit of weight during that time. 
because I'm going to be focused more on my family. I'm going to be focused more on being present. I'm going to allow myself more social occasions. I'm going to allow myself a little bit more flexibility. I'm still relying on the skills that I built and the, the intuition that I've been able to build from tracking for such a long period of time to make sure I'm eating a good amount of protein in each meal to have a rough estimate of where my caloric intake is the majority of the time. But again, I'm allowing myself more of that flexibility, which I accept is potentially going to come with a little bit of weight gain over time. But again, I'm weighing myself daily so I can see what that trend's doing over time. And if it's just ever so slightly going up, I'm fine with that because I know I'm focused on other areas of life, eating in more of an intuitive manner, still training really hard, which is going to put me in a really strong position to be able to build muscle throughout that period. And then when I get to the point to where I'm like, okay, let's drop some of this that I've accumulated, then I can just put myself back into that deficit get back to track and ground myself that way to be able to continuously repeat that process over time. And like I said, I've been doing that now for roughly six or seven years to where I'm only tracking maybe three, maybe four months out of the year at the tip top. Some months it might be even less than that and it's roughly two months out of the year. It just depends on on the year and what my goals are for that year essentially. But like I said, I feel like I just rambled on here at the end, but hopefully that's a gives you a good understanding of what your journey is going to look like over the long term. There's always still going to be effort that's going to need to be involved. You're not going to, just going to be able to track for a certain amount of time and then get away from it and never have to get back to tracking to continue to sustain that result that you've created over the long term. In my opinion, they're always going to come back to it a little bit over time. At least that's been the experience for me. And that's what I wanted to share with you guys to give you a bit of a realistic expectation with that. But anyway, I really do appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, again, there's always a link down below, lostandlifting.com backslash podcast. It's where you can leave your questions, where I'll bring those onto the Q&A episodes. If you'd like, I'll even write back to you personally via email and answer your questions to just deep dive into your situations and help in any way that I can. Hopefully you have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. <laughs>